0: Good evening, good evening, you've had a long independence day, you're full of barbecue and hamburgers and hot dogs and all the trimmings that go with that, but it is such a joy and an honor and I mean that from the bottom of my heart, it is always a joy to be with such sweet, sweet Christians that make up this congregation. The feeling toward Brother Rick is mutual. I love him because of his work's sake. I love him because he loves souls. I love him because he loves you and he loves the Bible. And I'm so grateful that Rick and his sweet family are with you and blessing you in their great and wonderful work. Thank you for the kindness that you have demonstrated so far by coming in and greeting encouraging. It's always a blessing for the people of God to come together. Aren't you glad that you live in this great nation? Amen? What a wonderful blessing to be an American citizen. God has given me the opportunity of going to many parts of our world to preach the gospel. When I come back from various places, I know that there's that feeling in your heart that you're grateful to be able to set foot back on American soil, and to be called an American citizen. We need to continue to be praying, as our good brother did, for this nation. Believe that there is something that is ahead. All of us are praying about, and that is the choice of the next Supreme Court justice. That is going to be a crucial decision. And it doesn't matter whether you are Democrat or Republican or Independent. The choice that is going to be made can reverse, can change, and can strengthen the direction of this great nation. So all of us, please be praying about this upcoming decision. Aren't you looking forward to going to heaven? I heard Brother G.P. Holt, the noted and wonderful late, African-American preacher preached a series of gospel meetings where we were living and working. And Brother Holt said, you know, when I think about going to heaven, golden streets don't excite me, because he said, I haven't had much gold down here on the earth, so what is it going to be like when you get to heaven and there's those golden streets? That doesn't really thrill me, he said. Those gates of pearl don't really excite me because I haven't had a lot of pearls and probably haven't been able to afford to give my wife a lot of pearls. So that really doesn't thrill me too much. And we understand that those streets of gold and pearly gates are symbolic. They're to describe the beauties of heaven. I remember Brother W.B. West, Jr., great godly teacher at Harding Graduate School of Religion. Brother West would teach about heaven. Brother West said, you know, when you read Revelation 21, and there you read about all the beauties that are described in that wonderful place that all of us are living someday to be able to enjoy eternally. Brother West said, what's it going to be like when we get up there and we see all the beauties of heaven? And we just cannot imagine what that place is like. And we'll walk up to Brother John, and we will tap him on the shoulder, and we will say to that great man, John, who wrote about heaven on the Isle of Patmos, Brother John, why didn't you tell me how beautiful heaven really was? And John may look at us and say, Dear, dear Christian, I tried to describe it in the most beautiful words you could ever imagine in the book of Revelation, chapters 21 and chapter 22. But you had to get here and see it for yourself to really know how truly beautiful heaven is. And When I think about heaven in that way, one of the things that excites me the most It's going to be all the great people I have read about in my Bible. Can you imagine walking down the streets of glory and this man walks up to you and he says, My name is Noah. You're going to spend all of eternity talking to Noah, won't you? Finding out about the challenge that he had building that ark the preaching of the Word to a world that would not listen to what He was saying. Can you imagine walking down the streets of heaven and there's another guy that walks down the streets and you walk up and he says, My name is David. I'm King David. What a joy that's going to be. And Then you walk up to another man and he says, Hello. My name is Enoch. I read about you in the Bible, Mr. Enoch. And I read about the kind of faith that was in your heart that motivated you to walk with God. What a great theme you've chosen. And by the way, thank you to this great church for the invitation to be a part of this special series. But Enoch, I read about you and the Bible and when I read about your life, it was such an encouragement to my heart because you see, I am trying, I tried. Just like all of you in this audience here this evening are trying, else you wouldn't be here. A lot of other things you could be doing, but the fact that you're here this evening is a wonderful indication of your devotion, your dedication, your love for God, and your desire to be like Enoch of old, and that is to walk with God. He was a champion, Brother Rick, a champion who didn't run a race in the way that maybe describes someone out running. The reason that Enoch is a beautiful example to each of us is that Enoch is described as the man who walked with God. My sweet wife said to me, Charlie, you know the song that I think of that would describe the life of Enoch is the song, My God and I. You remember the words of that grand old song? I remember singing it in chorus at Georgia Christian School We who were high school students singing that beautiful song when I was a teenager meant a lot to me. And The words go something like this, and see as you listen to the words of this song, if that doesn't describe the man, Enoch, and his walk with God. My God and I go in the field together. We walk and talk as good friends should and do. We clasp our hands. Our voices ring with laughter. My God and I walk through the meadow's hue. We clasp our hands. Our voices ring with laughter. My God and I walk through the meadow's hue. He tells me of the years that went before me when heavenly plans were made for me to be, when all was but a dream of dim conception to come to life, earth's verdant glory see, when all was but a dream of dim conception to come to life, earth's verdant glory see, my God and I will go for A together, We'll walk and talk as good friends should and do. This earth will pass and with it common trifles, but God and I will go unendingly. This earth will pass and with it common trifles, but God and I will go unendingly. Words of that great song were fulfilled through the life of this great man. When you look at the context where we're first introduced to Enoch, it is in chapter 5 of the book of Genesis, and as you read through the entire chapter of Genesis 5, there is a common refrain that is stated of every person who lived upon the earth, who was born of Adam's race. And as every individual is described in Genesis 5, you will notice that the close of their lives, and many of them live to be 900 years of age and Methuselah, 969 years of age. And as the lives of these great Bible characters came to a final conclusion, the Bible says, and he, what? Died. That was descriptive of everybody who was living upon the earth at that time. Why did they die? It wasn't God's plan. It wasn't God's purpose. When He created Adam and Eve, rather the purpose and the plan of Jehovah was that man might be able to live upon this earth forever. God's desire. God's instructions. So the first man and woman were you can eat of all the trees in this garden, but the one in the midst of the garden you're not to eat of it, for in the day you eat thereof, you will surely die, and through the temptation by the devil, the serpent, as she tempted or he tempted the woman and the man standing right there beside her, both of them, Adam and Eve, listening looking at what the devil is offering unto them through the eyes of temptation, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and pride of life. And they reached up and they took that fruit, eating thereof, violating God's command, and death then was brought into the world. And every person who has ever lived, suffers the sad consequence of the sin of Adam and Eve. For as by one man's sin entered the world, and death by sin. And so death spread upon all men because all men have sinned. There was the spiritual death that occurred as Adam and Eve were separated from God. The Bible says in Genesis 3, verse 8, that God comes walking in the garden. And as God is walking in the garden, calling out, Adam, Adam, where are you? The implication in my mind is that had there not been a fellowship and a relationship of Adam and Eve walking together with God in that beautiful garden, and they enjoyed that beautiful and wonderful association, the Creator with the created, the God of love, the Father of Adam and Eve. And they enjoyed that walk and that fellowship. But My friends, sin broke that fellowship. And when sin broke the fellowship between God and Adam and Eve, the Bible indicates that no longer are they walking together in the same way that they may have been walking before sin entered into their lives. God said, "Because you have partaken of that fruit, death has been brought into the world. Genesis 5 describes the terrible reality of death that has spread to every human being. But as I read what Moses wrote in Genesis 5, in the death of all of these great Old Testament characters, something unusual happens in that chapter. Listen as we read the Word of God. Jared lived 162 years and begot Enoch After he begot Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Jared were 962 years and he died. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch, We're 365 years. And here's our text. And Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. The difference? It did not say. And Enoch died. Only two Bible characters Out of all the men and women that have lived on the earth in the Bible days and all the way down to this day, only two Bible characters ever left this world without dying. Enoch, and who was the other? Elijah. Elijah. And these two great Bible characters were in some, some way miraculously transported to heaven above. Wouldn't you like to have been there and watched? As Enoch is simply translated up into heaven. Wouldn't you like to have been there when Elijah, by that whirlwind, was taken up into heaven? And these two Bible characters then were spared Death. But did you know that there are some in this audience that might not experience death? Is it, Brother Cochran, why would you say that? As a lot of you in this audience know Brother Paul Hicks. You know Brother Paul, great song leader, great servant of the Lord. Many times, Brother Paul has told me, Charlie, I hope that I'll be alive when Jesus comes again. I hope I'll see Him coming. Because you know, if we are alive when Jesus comes again, we're not going to sleep. We're not going to die. But in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, when the Lord appears, we shall be changed. And our bodies will be given immortality Our bodies will be made incorruptible. Our bodies automatically, instantaneously changed and we will be translated, we'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Thus there will be some at the appearing of our Savior who will not die. But they will be instantaneously translated To meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Do you know that that is one of the reasons why the life and the example of Enoch is so encouraging? Because all the way back into the Old Testament, we have this example, we have this encouragement of the reality of life beyond death. That is what is being revealed. In this taking up, or the translation, of Enoch into heaven, there is instilled in all of our hearts that wonderful promise and assurance that someday we shall share with this great godly man. When I think of what was recorded in Genesis chapter 5, my heart is also taken to the book of Hebrews. From the book of Hebrews, we again have the mention and the example of the man Enoch and the walk of faith and devotion that Enoch had with his God. Again, would you reverently listen to what is recorded by the Hebrew writer in Hebrews chapter 11, beginning with verse 5. By faith. And that's important. By faith. Circle that word in your Bible because this indicates the kind of walk that Enoch had with God. How did he walk with God? By faith. By faith Enoch was taken away so that he should not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Don't leave out verse 6. For verse 6, I believe, is connected to the life and the example of Enoch. The Bible says, but without faith. The word but is a word of contrast. Just as it is in the example of the faith of Enoch walking with God, and it was not because God took him It was that faith in the heart and the walking with God that caused God to look upon the life of His servant Enoch and God would say, I am pleased with this servant of mine. Why was God pleased with Enoch? Because He walked, my friend, by faith. And as He walked by faith, that faith that is impossible without in the heart of the individual to be pleasing to God... For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he rewards those that diligently seek after him. Do you suppose that Enoch ever doubted there's a God up there in heaven? Now you and I understand that maybe this relationship and the walk that Enoch had with God is somewhat different than our faith. Our faith is not in the same place. Kind of direct revelation as maybe was the case with Enoch. For in the patriarchal age, God spoke directly to the heads of families. And as God spoke directly unto the heads of families, maybe it was a case that God directly revealed His Word unto Enoch. And as Enoch heard directly from heaven the Word of God, I believe that Enoch accepted Enoch was willing to obey whatever God commanded, whatever God revealed, Enoch walked by faith in whatever God had instructed him to do. You remember the verse. It's so important, isn't it? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So when the Bible says, by faith Enoch walked with God, it was that he was willing to follow the divine directions God was giving him. God had always given divine directions. Going all the way back, we mentioned a moment ago, into the Garden of Eden. Going all the way to the example of Abel, offering unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain by faith. How did Cain and Abel know how to offer the kind of sacrifice that would be well pleasing unto God. How did they receive their faith? It was by God's directions, by God's commands given unto those men and how they're to worship God. And as Abel, by faith, brought an acceptable sacrifice, he followed God's divine directions. And My friend, I believe that when Abel then offers what God was commanding of men to bring in worship, I come to the example of Enoch. And if Enoch brought unto God a sacrifice, what kind do you suppose he brought unto Jehovah? The thing and the kind that God commanded and instructed? And as Enoch was being directed by his life and by faith, he listened to what God's directions were. You see, it's impossible for anyone ever to walk with God unless they're willing to follow in God's divine directions. And we don't have God talking to us tonight as He did unto Abel and Cain and Enoch and all those Bible characters. But God is still speaking to the human race. How does God speak unto the human race tonight? Does He not speak to all of us in the same way? Not some still, small voice in the night? God is not going to come to us and whisper in our ear, this is what I want you to do, this is how I want you to live, this is the direction for your life. Oh no, God is not in any way going to give us any kind of direct revelation or direct divine command. But I hold my Bible in my hand, my friend, and everything that I read in God's Word are the directions that God has given to all of us. And if you and I want to be like Enoch and walk with God under His divine directions pick your Bible up, read God's Word, understand the will of God, and as we pick up the Bible, reading and understanding the divine will of God, my friend, you and I will walk under the same divine direction that God gave Enoch. There's no way that a man can ever walk with God unless he's willing to listen to what God commands him in His Word. Isn't that the problem of our nation tonight, brethren? Isn't that the problem with so many out there in the world? Whatever God has instructed regarding things that people today really no longer want to believe and follow and practice. And so when we think about this man being well-pleasing by his faith, it was because he took God's directions and he walked with God according to his directions. But there's a second thing that I believe is involved in our walking with God as did Enoch. And that is the word fellowship. They're walking together. What is the word fellowship? How is it defined? It is a joint participation. It is a sharing together. And as one is sharing together in joint participation as we are tonight in this wonderful assembly, As we sang, we prayed, we hear the Word of God, and you assemble on the Lord's day in this wonderful fellowship, it is a sharing together. And when I think about how Enoch is walking with God, what is he doing? He is walking in close fellowship with God. And as Enoch and God have this beautiful, wonderful fellowship together, it is that wonderful joining of the hearts of Enoch and God together. If you and I want to walk in fellowship with God, we cannot walk in sin at the same time. When you look at 1 John chapter 1, John says, What fellowship has light with darkness? What fellowship has good with evil, sin with righteousness? God, my friend, is a holy, righteous God. And as a holy, righteous God, how can I bring my life into a desire to fellowship with that holy, righteous God in heaven above and I'm walking in sin in this life? We cannot have fellowship with God and fellowship with sin at the same time. We cannot love the world and love God at the same time. We must be willing to turn our hearts away from this old sinful world. And as you and I turn our hearts away from this old sinful world, strive to walk. You say, Brother Charlie, you're telling us something that's an impossible task. And I would say, yes, I agree. It's impossible for you and me to walk with God in total perfection, sinlessness. In the same chapter in 1 John chapter 1, Brother John says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us, from all unrighteousness. And thus, if I want to walk with God in a holy fellowship, a holy relationship with Him, then I must be willing to recognize my sin and repent of those sins and then confess those sins unto God. And all of us in this audience have the wonderful privilege of the mediator between God and us. And that mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ, will take our prayers of confession. And He will say to that Holy Father with whom none of us can walk in fellowship in a life of sin. And the mediator will say, Father, Your child, your son, your daughter has confessed their sin to you. Now watch it with me, watch it. And the Father will look down upon you and me and as that Father looks down upon us, He doesn't see my imperfections, but by His grace He sees the blood of His Son And that blood, you see, covers all of my sins. If we walk, and there's our challenge, is it not? If we walk, Enoch is walking with God. I want to walk with God. If we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. When you're reading the old King James Version, great, great translation, beautiful in its presentation of God's Word. Every time you see that little three letters, E-T-H, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us. You know what's involved in that? It is a continuous action. It is a continuous cleansing Not a cleansing one time, and then stops. When you came up out of those waters of baptism, the blood of Jesus Christ washed away all of our past sins. And as the blood of Christ washed away all of our past sins, and cleansed us of every sin, my friend, I want us to understand tonight, the blood of Jesus Christ did not stop cleansing us at the waters of baptism. The blood of Jesus Christ is cleansing each one of us tonight. As you sit here in this auditorium, the blood of Jesus Christ is continuing to cleanse you of all sin. When you go home and you go to bed, you get up tomorrow, so be the will of God. Every day of life upon this earth, the blood of Jesus Christ continues to cleanse us of all our sins. That is why you and I can walk in fellowship with God. Because His blood, the blood of His precious Son, washes away, cleansing us. And that's how we can sing Blessed Assurance. And Brother Joe, I'm sure you've led that song many times. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Christian friend, let your heart be filled with assurance tonight. And as our hearts are filled with great assurance, then we know we may be able to walk with God as Enoch did in perfect fellowship sharing with him every day. As I close my thoughts this evening, and I think about this example of Enoch, the champion who did not run a race, but the one who walked with God. And he was not. The Hebrew writer says he wasn't found. What does that imply? If something is being found... You've got to be looking for it, right? Is it possible that friends, family of Enoch wondered what has happened to old Enoch? I mean, he went out on a walk one day, but he didn't come back home. You suppose they were searching for him? They were calling out his name. Enoch, where are you? And they're looking all over the land for Enoch. But he couldn't be found. And word spreads to all the family and friends of this godly man of the Lord. We cannot find Enoch. Something happened to him. He's no longer with us. Do you think he was missed by all of those who knew him? Someday, someday, maybe soon for some of us, someday, someone may ask, where is Brother Rick? He's not on this earth any longer. He'll be missed because of his devotion to God. Other beautiful Christians sitting out here in this audience that I've known for a long, long time. That's one of the joys I've had of being at East Ridge 35 years into the 36th. Great brother back there with the funeral work. We've done some together, haven't we, brother? And we'll have to do some more maybe. Great, great servant of the Lord. And out over this whole audience are great, godly, beautiful Christian people sitting right here in this auditorium. But the day is going to come when you won't be found. You're not going to be among precious Christians on this earth any longer. You won't be with your family. Some of you have lost your husbands or your wives. And oh, how your heart aches. Oh, how you... That one that was your lifetime partner can't be found on the earth any longer. And I ask myself, and as we close in just a moment, ask yourself, if people began looking for you, and they couldn't find you as they could not find Enoch, would you or I be missed? Are we living our lives in such a way that our influence for good is being felt by those around us? Such was the life of Enoch. A little child came back from Bible class one day, and he was talking with his father and mother about what they studied in their Bible class the little child said, we talked in our class about a man by the name of Enoch. It was such a wonderful story. What did the teacher say about Enoch? Well, the teacher said this, Enoch and God were out walking together one day. The teacher said, as Enoch and God were walking together, Enoch got a long way from his home, and it was getting down toward dark. And as Enoch was a long way from his home and family, God said to Enoch, Enoch, you're a long way from your home and your family. Why don't you just come and go home with me today? Isn't that a beautiful thought? My friend, when you and I come down to the close of life and we're getting a long way from our loved ones, they're beginning to slip from our view and our eyes are beginning to close in death. God says to you and me, you're getting a long way from your home. Why don't you just come, go home with me today? And that's what death can be to every faithful child of God. Are you? Are you a Christian? Don't leave this audience without making sure of your relationship with the Lord. Brother Rick would be happy to baptize you into Christ. If you're not a Christian tonight, if you believe that Jesus is God's Son, why don't you repent of your sins? Confess Christ before this beautiful audience. And be baptized. If you're a child of God and you're unfaithful and you're not ready, life is not truly devoted to the Lord the way that it ought to be. You're not walking in fellowship under His divine direction. You have the opportunity now while we stand and sing to come to Christ.